This is Inside Outlands. I am your host, Nat Ryle, and joining me today is Wes Furtive. How's it going, man? Hey, it's going well, man. How are you? Oh, doing good. Uh, you know, I've, I found your videos probably like over a year ago for for another game called Darkfall Rise of Aegon. And so I kind of knew who you were, and I saw you were Twitch streaming Outlands a couple weeks ago and, and said, man, I got I to gotta talk to this guy. Man... I wish I had started streaming a long time ago on Darkfall, but just the the way these open world PK centric games are, it was, it was just difficult. So it took me a while to actually click the button, but I'm glad I did. Yeah, I mean, have you noticed a difference from trying to to make YouTube content that's kind of you know your videos are always pretty short, like under five minutes, and now you're just streamer conscious gaming, you know, dealing with chat, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's a lot more fun. Like. We'll get into it, but with my build, it started becoming popular around Christmas. And since then, every day I have people like blowing me up on Discord, which is great because I love to help. But it just got me thinking like, man, I should just stream. I should just turn it on and see what happens so I can interact with this this community. I should have warned you. So I, I brought on um, the, the number one gold earner in the Shard Stormy about taming. And that guy still gets messages daily from this podcast with uh, taming questions. And man, I can imagine. I I messaged him a few times myself early on. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, difference between him and you, you already have yourself out there with with Twitch streaming, and you know he he had no idea what he's getting himself into. Yeah, Stormy's a good dude, excellent gamer for sure. Yeah, um, uh, I I made a stealth backstab Dexter thing. With actually no idea what you're streaming about, I, I knew you were streaming Outlands. I even like looked at one of the uh, uh, the Twitch videos, but didn't watch the whole thing. I had no idea what you're streaming, and I was I was watching the the Dexter suits or the, the what do they call them, the Shadow suits go from like the cheapest suit, one of the cheaper suits, to probably mid range. Like it's not a command lyric suit, but it's it's expensive, and I'm broke and I'm, I'm barely making money on this build. And the suit cost is rising, rising, rising. And then I finally watched like a whole one of your streams and I realized that one of the reasons why this thing is blowing up on the server is is actually your stream and what you're doing with the uh, with the backstab. Yeah, huge marketing ploy by me. Been planning it since the beginning. No, not really. <laughs> if no, you, yeah, if you were if you were a smarter, more economic driven player, maybe you would have had <laughs> tons of shadow cords and yeah. No. I do have a lot because I died a lot early on and I hated being on cooldown. So I would just like rage buy everything in the buy channel so I could quickly make another suit. Like, I don't think anyone knows this, but I had the very first aspect weapon and suit of armor on the server. Uh, Tryhard, Akasha, was the first to hit GM Alchemy. So he kind of had the monopoly on who got what early on. And I was handed the first suit because I was already pretty stacked when I joined Hero for a short while. And I, we had a system where we donated all of our aspect stuff to the guild. And then everyone kind of had just a priority of who gets what aspect based on just first come, first serve sort of thing. So I got the shadow suit right away. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's pretty impressive. I, I actually, I just bought, I bought my first Dexter suit maybe a month ago. And I just got my shadow suit this week. So I'm, I'm definitely not, I think I'm, I, I just hit tier tier two in the shadow suits. I might have a long way to go until it's as effective as what you're, you're running with though. Yeah, it's, it's quite a grind, but it does grow in power level, like noticeably every level where some other aspects might not be quite as apparent. Whenever you level up shadow really scales, like you'll be hitting new highs every single day. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's just get into it. So it's a stealth backstab Dexter. And that's what you're running through with most of your stream. I think you're doing like a summoner or some other stuff. You're all over the template build form, helping people out. But first, we should definitely talk about the the stealth gameplay and and the how it works on the server because it's it's a different kind of a uh, what do you call it? like a a play style, really? You know? Yeah, it's it's very non traditional. It's not like a everyone was running summoners early on. People were grinding out tamers. Dexter is really simple and cheap. Bard is the obvious choice from like past Ultima Online's. And backstabbing, aside from maybe if you want to get into ninjutsu or something from Age of Shadows, Samurai Empire, that sort of thing, is completely new to Ultima Online. And that's why it caught my eye. 
And also, if you don't recognize, like, my last name, my gamertag is Furtive, and that comes from the synonym for Rogue. And I love playing backstabber, sneaky, stealthy, rogue-type characters in video games. So I was drawn to it really quick, and I started researching, and I saw some huge damage potential. So I was like, I have to give this a shot. Now, so I had two guildmates pretty early on, maybe the first, like, two or three weeks. They both made backstabbers and did extensive testing. Somewhere along the way, their numbers and your numbers were not aligned because they both concluded this was a complete waste of time, and it kind of scared me off even attempting it uh, until another guildmate was telling me about the success he was having. And maybe it was those two guys didn't have a shadow suit. Is that really the key? Early on, I don't think so because I was killing high-end content like right from the get-go. I actually did a, a boss and a mini-boss solo in the second week of the game, which they've made some adjustments to like aggro range and how far away you can be to hide and that sort of thing. But I've, I still continued to just plow through all the content. No issue. If anything, their changes only further like pushed other builds away from being able to do the, the high-end stuff at a low level. But it's, man, it's just such a, it's all in. It's all in on 20 or 30 seconds worth of damage in one shot. Yeah, you basically, uh, you basically hide up and then, you know, I don't know how much time, like 10 seconds later, you can stealth up and then you can take a couple steps or whatever, get close to the mob. Uh, I, I run it with a heavy crossbow, but you could use a bow, you could use a, any weapon you want, really. And then the, I think that maybe the key thing those two guys were missing was uh, disarm. Because then you turn on disarm, and which is a huge damage boost to uh, your attack. And then he also loaded mine up with tracking and camping. You just stack on all those Outlands damage boosts. That's basically the idea. And then if you miss, you just reset, fire again. You go go off like that behind the corner, hide, and come back and, and shoot. Whereas my Dexter, I had to, you know, you're always just running into something, turn your shield on, smashing face, go to the next bomb. And this this build here, it's a lot more patience, slow going, you know, kind of attack, reset, attack, reset. So it's very interesting to play. Yeah, that's more of my style, too. I like being patient, methodical, deliberate, tactical, strategic. It was a lot more fun for me to just push those numbers. And early on, I started with healing, anatomy, resist, you know, the typical ultimate online setup. And I just added stealth to it. And I was like, okay, I'm good to go. I'm a, I'm a backstabber now. And the first big hit I did, I was showing my buddy because he didn't quite understand what my build was. Because, like I said, it's new to Ultima Online. And I was like, watch this. I want you to hit this Etten. And this is his first day. And he hit it for like 40 damage. And you could see a small bit of its life move. And I was like, all right, now watch me. So I hid 10 seconds later, a stealth, and I fire for 392 damage with a heavy, two, uh, heavy crossbow. And at this point, I'm mind blown myself because that's the biggest damage I've hit. It happened to be a special hit. And he was just like floored and immediately started to make my build. But a few days into it, I started realizing like, man, I'm getting pretty good at this. I'm not taking much damage. Why am I running healing could i push it some more and i started researching more and more on the skill summary page of all these awesome skill revamps and i was like i'm gonna i'm just gonna do it so on i think it was november 7th i messaged luthius on discord and i asked a question about disarm and i was like so this skill it says it basically it's basically a 25 percent multiplier for whatever it's applied to i was like is this gonna apply on the hit that you do the disarm does that hit benefit from the damage, or is it only the following hits? And as soon as he confirmed that it was the hit that actually disarms also is boosted by the, the multiplier, I was like, I'm all in. So I dumped healing, anatomy resists, went straight, camping tracking, disarm, and never looked back. Yeah, it, it's definitely unique. I, I'm, I'm not used to running no healing at all, and I've, I've had to use that. You know, carry pots, so when you do get whacked every now and then, you go, you know, duck around a corner, heal... I'm also learning all of these stealth mechanics. I've never done it in UO. So I'm uh, like, how to hide, where to hide, what unhides you. You know, walking over mob by accident, that unhides you. Drinking a pot, that unhides you. Kind of all these weird little intricacies that come with, with running the build, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of small details. Like, I had a lot of people messaging me early on, like, fantastic Ultima Online players and gamers in general, being like, what's 
complicated when I would tell them, I would warn them basically when they wanted to try it. I'm like, you're going to die a lot. And they'd be like, bull crap, I'm amazing at this game. I never die. And I'm like, okay, just heed my warnings when I'm trying to coach them over Discord. And a week later, they'd be like, man, I got to give you props. I put on my shadow suit for the first time and died in five minutes to some random bleed or a mind blast from across the map type of thing. And it's it's way more in-depth than just hide, stealth, shoot, repeat. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm luckily, I think I ran with my heavy armor, no, no stealth suit for like three weeks trying to work out all the kinks. I'm also new to UO, so I haven't really played you are that much before Outlands. So I, I'm glad I did it while it was cheap, even though I guess the cost now with the revamp isn't that much different because just, it just like applies it to your regular armor. But either way, I kind of had a chance to learn the play style before I stuck on the shadow suit, which is also cool. The, the shadow suit gives you a, um, a defense boost that I didn't have before and accuracy, so I'm hitting more often. It just kind of pairs really well. With uh, with the build and how you play it, yeah, that was funny on uh, on the forums when people started getting into the shadow suit. They're like, "Man, I just missed this suit. Sucks. It sucks when you waste twenty seconds and you shoot and miss and you don't get anything out of it. It's useless. Shadow's garbage." Meanwhile, I've done upwards of you know ten big bosses and thirty mini bosses solo. I'm farming high end content, doing you know a thousand to fifteen hundred damage a shot, and everyone on the forums complaining. And next thing I know. They buff it, and I'm just like, whoa, I've been wanting to make sure they don't nerf it, let alone give it a buff. But then I guess if you compare it to the consistency of all these other builds, it's a lot more under the radar, and we're not pushing like insane DPS GPM like a tamer would. So it makes sense. Like You don't want to just waste all that time up front. So the buff actually made a lot of sense to me. I just was already high aspect at the time, so it didn't... I just didn't quite understand, but after seeing the complaints, I got it. But it is solid, and the the defense part, that is critical, and that is actually what made me want to switch later on from archery to maces. Uh, well, before we get to that, what, what was the buff? Because I, I didn't buy my suit before, so I, uh, what did they change in the, uh, the aspect suit revamp? Well, for the, this wasn't just the revamp. This was just a random buff in a patch. And they gave Shadow Armor a scaling 12.5 to 50% accuracy bonus on your backstab hit based on your level in Shadow, which is enormous. Like, backstab already has a plus 25% chance to hit. So GM versus GM skills against a monster, you have a 75% chance to hit, assuming there's no other weird factors. So this pretty much pushes you to guaranteed to land your backstab after just a few levels in shadow. Yeah, the accuracy is a, a very big deal. I think I was missing one guy like the, the sixth time in a row I missed. I was pretty much, I was pissed off. I was mentioning the guy in my guild that told me about the build. Like, are you sure this thing is, is fun? Because I'm not having fun right now, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's that can be frustrating. Like early on we didn't I didn't notice it all that much, but it's definitely apparent if you ever died and then had to run without shadow for a bit and you lose that accuracy you're just like man you just take it for granted but it's huge i died a lot for sure it's, it's gotten a lot better that i've learned the play style it's gotten a lot better that i got in the shadow suit and got all the, the bonuses from it and it's getting better every time i tear it up too i've also kind of learned like where to fight which mobs to go after there's those kind of tricks too and, and just how to hide where to hide how to dip in and out um, but when you have to reset every 30 seconds and you miss, you do all that setup and you have to go back and do it again, it can get frustrating early on and you start trying to push that dis. So you disarm, you get a damage boost for, I don't know, for like 10 seconds or something, right? Mm -hmm. You start trying to push that damage and then you eke out of the disarm window and your damage aren't doing so much. And then, you know, they hit you with a lightning bolt or e-bolt or whatever. And then down you go because you have no healing. So you pop that one potion, you don't get around the corner, and down you go. Yeah, that pot timer will get you. You'll, you'll pot and you'll feel good, but then you'll get bled, and then you'll maybe there's a stealth monster there blocking your way out, and it can go terrible really quick if you're not like super experienced. These dungeons are, 
extremely dangerous in a build running heavy armor that's susceptible to mind blast with no extra healing aside from a 10 second potion bleeds diseases that sort of thing it's it's been my bane i died a lot early on but after a few levels and a lot of deaths and experiencing all of the content in all of the dungeons i got really confident with everything and haven't died to pvm in a long time really yeah i've not seen you die in a long time <laughs> me not so much i think i died like two days ago doing it uh it's definitely taking getting used to what i did early in is i just i just slowed everything way down i stopped pushing it i just reset if i missed i would reset if i didn't kill him on that hit i'd reset and until i got used to it and and what my guy could handle at his current power rate i guess yeah that's what i recommend everyone too i i tell everyone start with the stealth archer and your number one priority is do not take damage reset like that vampire that's redlined that just needs one more hit. If you miss, he might be able to kill you in 3.75 seconds before you shoot again. So it's better to just not take the chance, reset to hide, come back and get the guaranteed shot with stealth and loot your kill. Yeah, it's definitely good advice. So you mentioned earlier, I got you off it. You went from archery to, to melee. And so uh, I guess why and, and uh, yeah, why? I just wanted to push the damage. Like early on, that was my initial goal with the build, like when I started. So I wanted to push the numbers on Outlands and just see what I could come up with. And I was thinking, you know, maybe I can one shot some of the really, really high end stuff. And I see all these potential multipliers, which we know from gaming, multipliers are huge. I come from uh, Dungeons and Dragons Online, Diablo 3, and even some Darkfall. Like, I love to push the numbers and, and templates and see what, what you can achieve. So seeing all these multipliers, I got to looking for an extra one. And macing was the last thing because the special lowering their armor is huge, especially when we're talking about like massive damage. I mean, if, if you're swinging for a thousand and something has high armor and it's reducing a third of that, that's a huge chunk of your damage. But if you can get them to zero... That's huge. So I just wanted to give it a shot and ended up actually liking it more than the archery. It just it's it's just more dangerous and requires more understanding of how fragile you actually are to play it effectively. Yeah, that I guess that would explain why I get bigger hits in a group. Because yeah, the Dexter the base Dexter and then the party is uh getting his special on the on the mob and then my, my shot comes through with the lowered armor. Mm-hmm, exactly. And bards, too, they're scaling backstabbers like crazy. I've ran a couple duos with Disharmony, and he's pushing my damage like 60% plus of what it normally is. So we're just like clearing content. Typically, Cavernum, that seems like the only thing that can really cater to our duo speed and damage potential. Well, because they're uh, talking about like Cavernum level 3. Yeah, that's one. Yeah, all, all those dragons and uh, demons. and Yeah, it's just a large, wide-open space with good density, but it's spread out just enough. I think it's good. It's probably the best group farming area. You could argue that Aegis is really good, but I tend to stay away from Aegis just because it's super dangerous, easy to grief. Well, Aegis, you gotta you got to hit them once, too. So you definitely need that partner to come in there and whack them one time, and then you can pop out and, and stealth backstab them. There's some tricks to that too. Like you can throw an explosion potion, for example, and hide. So a lot of the times I will say, say you've got a, a strange monster right here on your, on your right and a, a blood elemental on your, your left. You can shoot the blood elemental and run towards the strange monster, shoot that once. And as it shifts, it's not accurate on you anymore and you can hide right in its face. And you have two monsters ready to go. Ah, that's a nice tip. Yeah, there's lots of little tricks. You can also throw an explosion potion at a third one if it's around to get them set up. And it's good to do that because if you're using shadow, if you get that shadow proc, you want a full HP monster nearby that you can use that proc on. Like I'll go out for an hour and it won't proc once. Yeah, it's it's not very... I mean, even in shadow level 10 with a heavy crossbow, it's only 2%. And so it'll happen occasionally, but it's it's more of a super exciting upside rather than something you depend on. The true power just comes from the armor, the multiplier boosting your damage. Yeah, and it gives you something like 
I don't know, another 50 steps you can go in stealth, but I guess it's a fun thing. Well, not a super useful thing. Yeah, you've got 30 seconds to execute that attack when it happens. So people see me doing it on stream all the time, like on an elder vamp. I'll I'll get that proc and I'll like slowly, I say run, but I'm going to walk it over to the next next strongest thing in the in the area and use it on that and then rush back to what I was killing in the first place when I got the proc. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't realize I had the 30 seconds. I mean, like I said, it doesn't proc very much. I don't know all the little tricks yet, but... Yeah, switching to maces too. There's a lot of synergy in the build and mace fighting in general, aside from just the fact that, like, I'm more so melee. There's a lot of synergy in the build with melee once you're higher level and you have an understanding of the game. So you come out of stealth and you backstab and we're running disarm. Disarm is a 10 second duration where the monster's taking 25% more damage and, and you have 25% more chance to hit it. Also coming out of stealth, you have a 10 second damage reduction buff. So I usually fight for eight to nine seconds. So I swing my mace five to six times and that's actually given me a lot more procs than I used to get with a heavy crossbow just because I'm swinging more often. So I can actually fish for those procs. Yeah, the crossbow, heavy crossbow is anciently slow. It's You're waiting forever for that next shot to go off, whereas a mace, it's, it's, you're using a one-hander or a two-hander? I use the one-hander because I like to chug pots. I don't ever want to drop my weapon to drink a pot just because that guarantees I'm going to get hit by something. Right, yeah, it makes sense too. I do backstab with a quarterstaff as of, you know, the past couple weeks, and then I switch to a mace immediately for follow-up because the quarterstaff has a really tight damage range. So it might not hit as hard as, say, a Warhammer could, but I don't like the the huge variance. I really like the tight damage range of the quarterstaff. I I would trade the consistency for low lows and high highs any day. Yeah, and Arms Lore gives you hamstring too, which is a neat little tip. People see me do it, I'm sure. As you leave, stuff chases you, so you might have to run for you know a while before it's out of range because you need to be 13 steps away to hide, I think. But what you can do is hamstring on your way out and the monster just sits there for six seconds, so you can safely duck around the corner and hide without having to chase you. That's true, because uh, even though you have all the skills with a with an archery build to do hamstring, your weapon won't allow it. Right, that's a pretty big upside. But, I mean, similarly, you can take another shot if the monster's not too dangerous with a crossbow and fish for a hinder, and you're likely to get one anyway off the just the initial backstab with the bonus to that. All right, we are we are like twenty minutes into this build. I don't think we've actually laid out exactly what it is. Do you, do you want to do that? Yeah, sure. So my build is one twenty stealth, one twenty camping, one hundred hiding, one hundred tactics, one hundred tracking, one hundred weapon, which I recommend archery to start, mace fighting for later, and eighty arms lore. Oh, interesting. So I have a hundred arms lore and a hundred. Uh, stealth. You're, you're saying I should take Armsor down to 80 and, and get stealth up? Absolutely. I think Armsor in general, it's just the best bang for your buck. 80 points skill in the game, just because it gives you that 8% special and it gives you the disarm. But stealth is actually a scaler, so if you go to 120, you're going to be doing 20% more damage on your backstabs. Just that alone. That's a multiplier. Just the same as uh, disarm is a 25% multiplier. Okay, I, I I didn't realize the stealth was adding a multiplayer. See, if I would read the skills instead of, <laughs> instead of just playing the game, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so I'll do that. Well, actually, I'll do that once I'm done getting all the uh, the skill orbs and the skill points. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's worth it early on, even with just 700 points to shoot for the 120 stealth and the 80 arms lore. The extra 20 points is not necessary at all. It's just a, a luxury thing, more or less. But I prefer camping at 120 because I really like the fast campfires and I like the custom hiking locations on top of being able to carry like 23,000 gold back to the bank on a on a trip. The weight limit is huge. Yeah, that's the other thing I did is I had forensic eval at first and no camping, um, mainly because it's, it's the same damage boost, I think. Uh, but... I was loaded up so much on on leather. I was coming back from trips earlier, and so I plus I had to do it deal with a rune book. So now when I switch to camping, I'm no longer getting the weight from all the, you know, the leather. I get the same damage boost and all the traveling and the huge increased weight. 
Yeah, and I'm carrying stacks of potions too, so that's super handy for me because it boosts your item limit and your weight limit, and all the my all my potions can definitely take up a lot of room. Yeah, what, what all potion taking out like uh, just a regular PvP gambit? I carry 25 to 30 greater heals, 20 greater cures, about 15 magic resist, and about 15 refresh. And then occasionally I'll carry some explosions just in case I want to throw them. It's it's not really necessary. And then of course you got to have your emergency strength pot in case you get overweight. So what, what, when you are using the the magic resist just before you hit a magic mob or in PvP? Um, the greater resist potion doesn't work in PvP. It's just a PVM thing, but it's actually better than the skill against monsters. So it's kind of a a way to shave off those skill points and let you invest in something else if you want to skip on the resist spells. I actually use it against almost every monster. It's It only lasts two minutes, so a lot of people th- say it's worthless, but I mean, I drink them like water. I do not like taking damage. And as an example, I've been flamestriked by a drowned demon for eight damage coming out of stealth after I drank my magic resist potion. But then, you know, it'll wear off and I'll I'll mess up and I'll get flamestriked across the room from a vampire for 49 damage. So the difference in stacking all that damage is that, like reduction is huge between the just the flat damage reduction from the armor and the 30% from the greater resist. So you mentioned uh, attacking mini bosses and bosses. I, I tried this the other night in Cavernum with a buddy of mine. Of course, both of us are kind of new to playing around the build. And we were doing okay until it got a bunch of ads. But how have you done... You said you did like 30 of them, something like that? Yeah, I did a lot before Christmas, before the server really got busy. There wasn't a lot of people doing bosses early on just because people weren't quite strong enough. They thought bosses were too hard. No one was really scouting them very often. Lately, it's almost impossible to get a boss because there's a handful of guilds like LOD and Money, for example, that just have them on cooldown, basically. But early on, I was that was my thing. I was the boss killer. That's that was one of the reasons I joined up with Hero. I played with Akasha on Darkfall, and he reached out to me and was asking why I was solo. And they just wanted to get me in there and you know team up to do bosses whenever, whenever it's ideal. But I continued to do them solo, and tr- I trained a few few buddies in the stealth archer ways while I was in there, and they were able to do some as well because. It's just so safe, and it's so much damage up front. You just shoot, reset, and you dip. And if you can get it undisturbed, uninterrupted long enough, I mean, you can take out that HP pool without much issue. Uh, I guess it would just take uh, its amount of time, right? Time and effort, and then being left alone at it, which is probably impossible now. Uh, Although, (laughs) we are getting those changes where they're going to let you summon bosses for for a guild Although you could still get get bothered by the server for those. Yeah, it's it's really difficult right now. I think I can do some mini bosses in twenty five minutes, and the fastest I've ever done a big boss is ninety minutes. But even twenty five minutes, you're still likely to get scouted by someone picking dungeons. They're just coming through to check the chests, and they see you in there, and they tell their guild and. There you go. It's just blown. And you're not a PvPer with this build. You just your food. So I just forfeit the no matter what. Like if I've invested forty five minutes into a boss, if someone shows up, I'm out. Doesn't matter who it is. I'm just gone. It's a waste of time. Good practice. Try it again next time. Yeah, so that is the other part of this build. I, I have no character with tracking until I made this this stealth archer. And oh, holy crap. How how did I do dungeons on my other Dexter without tracking? I'm, I'm going to have to completely redo his build and fit in tracking if I'm ever going to play him again. But I can't imagine walking into these things without having all all the benefits it gives you. Uh, you just you fire on the red tracker. Uh, it's like 100 steps away. You start to see him with 10 from stealth. And the second you get him on, you just book it get the hell out. Yeah, it has saved me for months and months and months and months. So much grief, just it's such just perfect information, and it's the probably the ultimate PVM dungeon skill. Not so much in the wilderness because people can recall right on top of you, but particularly dungeons that have one way in, a long winding path to get there. You absolutely know when reds are coming, 
obviously you can't do anything about the blue PKs, but it's a really, really good heads up for people who want to go all in on PVM and not worry about being able to quote unquote fight the PKs when they arrive. Yeah. I mean, I've been, I've been dropped on a lot on my other Dexter. He's just, just a straight up warrior. He could actually fight back. He's got magic resistance stuff, but they still have the drop on you. They usually come in two or three pairs and it's just, Maybe if you're better at the game, I'm not. I'm not very good at the game, so I, I usually always end up getting dropped. So yeah, the tracking, even with a, a small group, you get one guy with tracking in there. It could protect lots of regular players because he could just tell tell the group when it's time to bail. And, and the one time we didn't listen to our our tracker when we were in um like at the Ice Fortress dungeon. It's not really a dungeon. It's the the out, outside dungeon thing they have in Outlands. We didn't listen to him. Sure enough, it wasn't like five, ten seconds later, you know, they were right there on top of us. And ha- had we listened and gated out, we would all have been fine. But Yeah, when it comes up on screen, you have to recognize it, and you just got to dip. Like, even if it says so-and-so's to the southwest, 79 spaces away, that sounds like a lot, but they're going to be on you in, like, less than 10 seconds. And if it's, like you said, if they're a pair of mages that are ready with explosions or one has explosion and one has paralyzed if they dump on you you're not supposed to get get away i mean you're just supposed to die to that and they're probably running tracking too they know you're there they know which direction you are they know how many people are around you they know how safely they can engage so i mean it's it's got perks for both sides yeah are are you seeing anyone take detect hidden and, and kind of reach you out or i mean, i i think i've seen you just you just book it straight to the gate and get out usually but um, no, there's one guy, what was his name? Borish Krishenko, I think. He's like king of Aegis Keep. Me and him had several encounters early on in Aegis. He's never got me. He's gotten close. He's looted some of my boss loot a time or two, but he has never managed to get me. As good a player and as good a mage as he is, and he is the, the counter to my setup. He is a mage, so he can cast Invis on himself, immediately following his Detect Hidden which brings me out into the open with all these demons and whatnot. He can wall of stone. It's, it's been brutal. We've fought a few times, but what I was wanting to point out is the build is so in on damage. Even though it can't like brawl straight up with a good mage or a Dexter, it still shoots like a truck. You can hit someone for 50 damage on a good shot. So he was not exactly having free reign over me. But yeah, the detect is mainly... That's actually the only time I've experienced it, I think. It was just him. Yeah, I wonder if, if popularity rises. You see, seeing you start seeing these, uh, not as many tamers, but the whole server's full of backstab dexters. You might get detected. I don't think it's going to be that common. <laughs> it, the build's fun, but it, it kind of it takes commitment. It takes a lot to see through it. And then you gotta, you got to be willing to, to wait to have the fun. Although it is fun watching all that damage just get stacked on all at once. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be as popular as it has been lately. Like, I've definitely brought it into the spotlight with my stream, and there's a load of people like pushing forward and buying Shadow Aspect stuff, but I really don't think the prices are going to go a whole lot higher. They could, but even if they do, I don't think it's going to stay there because I would say at least more than half of the people who try it don't stick with it because they get frustrated. They're not patient enough. They're not disciplined enough. They just want to roll the tamer and steamroll and never stop. So it's a very niche play style. I don't think it's going to, I don't think the prices are going to remain where they're at. I think you'll have some, some luck buying cheaper later. Yeah, hopefully it'll, it'll take me much longer to hit tier 10. Unlike you. So maybe by the time I, I'm buying those later mats, it'll be down a little bit. How does this thing rank among amongst the tamers and you mentioned they, they steamroll content which which they kind of do and, and summoners are a kind of a cheap poor man's uh tamer although they're very effective here and, and fun uh but where 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 would you put this amongst the uh tamer summoners and like peace dexers i've never on stream really done a dps tracker or a gpm tracker maybe once or twice but I want to say I am very competitive with almost anyone else. Maybe maybe a tamer with a, the command proc would take off. 
But aside from that, I think it's very competitive. If, if I have Mausoleum open, I can farm 40k an hour pretty easy. I can push 45, 50 DPS not, without much issue because everything in there is relatively low armor. I can one-shot most of it. I don't really touch the Elder Vamps that often until I have a proc to one-shot them. So I'm not wasting a lot of time with them. And I pretty much one-shot everything else in the dungeon. So it's just a matter of killing something exactly every 30 seconds when Disarm is up, more or less. So I think it's extremely competitive, but I am also extremely practiced, and I'm now Tier 12 Shadow. I hit Tier 10 back before Christmas, like early December, late November. It's taken you that long to go from 10 to 12? Well, the... 10 was the cat back then. It oh, wasn't that's until, right, that's right. Yeah, it wasn't until January with the Cavernum release that they bumped that up. And that's been a huge grind, but I've also slowed down on my playing. Like, I sunk an unbelievable amount of hours into this thing. I think Stormy's the only one who beat me into to Tier 10 just because I was, like, absolutely dedicated. I'm a grinder. I love grinding. I love working for stuff. I love trying to cap out and max out. So I was all in for the first two months. And, you know, since since the new year, I've slowed down a lot playing two, three, four hours and every other night or so, give or take. Sometimes I'll take two, three nights off. So it's been just a slow, steady process. I'm grinding, you know, several thousand XP when I play. But and like I said, I just capped out. So. Yeah. So they're going to give us more more here in Outlands to, to grind out with the uh, the chain system. Probably, I'm assuming more more aspect levels, maybe other things to, to progress your character. Uh, what's what's kind of attracted you to Outlands, and and why have you stuck with it this long? And I'm only saying that because we're we're five months in, and and typically, if you're if you're like most MMO gamers, you know anything past three months is is like a rarity. I don't know if you're different than me, but I usually bounce around a bunch, and I, I'm not with Outlands. Like here, I am still playing it every day five months later so yeah that's a good point with mmos in general but i just don't think there's anything else great out there and i didn't think any ultima online server could ever be anything more than just all the random ones we see with crazy colors and evolutions and insane fast combat and just i was kind of pushed away from ultima online for about five years and i played Darkfall, rise of aegon for its entire lifespan basically two and a half years up until you know just after last summer and i wasn't really looking for any games but i was put onto it by some friends in darkfall they told me about this server outlands and i i didn't really look into it much i didn't really want to get into anything i was kind of trying to be more productive and focus on a few things in real life some small financial things and whatnot but that Saturday, I was off work when it launched, October 27th. They sent out some kind of newsletter or something. Something notified me. And I was like, man, I don't have anything going on today. I'm going to give this a shot. So I hadn't played beta. I hadn't researched it. I hadn't looked at anything. I hopped on. And the nostalgia just like came swooping in. But it was fresh at the same time. Because this was a whole new world. Like You recognize certain things, but... Everything's different. And then I got into the newbie dungeon and I'm getting beat down by mong bats. I'm like, this is challenging. And then the, the corpse purgers, not purgers, but the corpse eaters, the little small dudes that do disease in there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Those things wore me out. And I'm just like, wow, this is actually kind of fun. Because I remember Ultima Online just being easy mode. And here I am struggling in the newbie dungeon. I'm like, okay, so this is challenging. And I remember looking at that they've got boss content and aspects and all this other new stuff. So I was... I was committed at that point. I played pretty much the entire weekend straight and was hooked ever since. So did you play Ultima Online back when it was, uh, I guess, the OSI days before pre-trammel, all that? Or are you a free shard person? Absolutely. Okay. No, I started when I was seven years old. My dad got me into it the first month that it launched. And I was court-pouring people back then, seven, eight years old, just the same. I've played every version up until now. I've played almost all the free servers and none have hooked me like this one. Yeah, I've I've tried showing my kids MMOs that they're they're like ages ten to thirteen and uh I've had a couple of them 
have some injuries every now and then, but never, never anything that's really stuck. Uh, yeah, maybe one of them will have a story one day, or I guess we're playing Eve online like twenty years, and it's still a thing. Some private server, who knows? Yeah, everything is going private servers lately. Where where do you see the shard going? What do you what do you want from Outlands in, in the future to to keep everything interesting, to keep you hanging out, playing, or having fun? Is there anything you're looking forward to? Well, I'm definitely looking forward to the mastery change. That's going to be cool. But something I've been pushing for, small plug, Luthius Owen. <laughs> I've been pushing for Soul Stones, and they've mentioned that they are considering it because, for me personally, my identity, my name, especially coming from a game like Darkfall where you have one character, one account, everything you do matters. It's important to me, and I want to maintain that. But at the same time, I have a completionist mindset. I want to do everything on one character. I want to level all the aspects on one character. So I'm hoping the soul stones will come, and I can literally grind out everything in the game. Like, I'm already now Tier 5 Eldritch Summoner. Full 120 Spirit Speak, 100 Majory Summoner. I've dumped my build. I've done it before. I do it routinely. It would just be a lot more convenient if there was, say, a 24-hour cooldown that you could switch builds on things that you've previously leveled up and used the scrolls for and spent the time. And it would let me test more templates, test more aspects, level more things, keep the stream fresh, potentially make YouTube guides, which is something I really want to do. You know me coming from Darkfall. I love YouTube. I just haven't had the motivation yet to sit down and take a week to make a really in-depth guide. But I would like to see that. So aside from the... The Mastery Chains, I know they're working a lot on PvP stuff, which is something I've also recently gotten into. But in general, like I don't think I really need to be super specific. Luthius, Owen, the team, they're they're awesome. They're, they're always throwing out content. They're always coming up with something new. Expo's great. All their events are really fun. And they just keep throwing random curveballs that no one even knew was coming. That almost seems completely unnecessary, but that's what makes a sandbox MMO a sandbox, that was, that's what makes it fun. That's what ties it all together is all the random stuff like a casino. That's going to be cool. That's going to let me go broke, which I couldn't do before because I don't really want to spend a lot of gold on a house. So that's going to be fun to sink my gold into. They're just constantly coming up with new ideas. They're very innovative and creative and they hear the community. So all the little things that people complain about, they're taking notes of it. And, you know, a week or two later, there's this random patch that no one really knew was coming and it fixes all those things. Yeah, uh, let's explain Soul Stones real quick. You, you want to do that? Because uh, I didn't know what they were until a couple weeks ago. So uh, t- yeah. tell us what those are. So on OSI, they had Soul Stones, which is just this item you can get. And you can basically dump an entire skill onto that Soul Stone. And there, I think it was bound to character or bound to account. I think it should just be bound to character. So I would take, for example, my 120 stealth. And I would get a Soul Stone, which may have a gold cost or whatever they decide use it as a gold sink, and I will dump my 120 points of stealth onto that soul stone, and now I have 600 points, and my stealth is zero. If I want, I can pick that back up. It'll take it right off the soul stone, put it back on my character, and we're good to go. I could do that seven times and dump my entire template on seven different soul stones and be back to zero skill. I could then grind up a full summoner mage and continue playing, and then maybe the next day use my five minute window to use soul stones per 24 hours to I would have to get another soul stone an eighth one so that I could dump a skill onto it but I could then like take my hundred major dump it on my eighth soul stone pick up my hundred tactics from before dump my hundred eval on the one that just had the tactics and so on and it would allow me to switch templates back and forth so especially with some of the achievements and the new aspects and everything, it makes a lot of sense for some people like me who want to be a completionist and try to level everything on one character. Yeah, I've got a guildy, uh, Weebus, uh, who is number two achievements on the server. And uh, yeah, that's a that's a feat, having to do that across several characters. I'm sure he would have liked to have had some of that on just one character. Uh, it does sound beneficial, especially you're right for coming from Darkfall, where you kind of get your your one build, your one your one account. Uh, even uh, 
the, the last Darkfall they had kind of had a similar thing thing we could do a build for 24 hours and switch it or, or any game that works like that having three accounts here with the ability to have six characters per account if you pay some extra money so at least 15 if not 18 characters you start making some really dumb names <laughs> I, I ran out of names on pretty pretty fast and you know now i've got i don't know i'm deep into like what i named some guy in the you know early 90s something you know, now Nat Ryle is my my pretty boring Dexter, and I'm off playing my my stealth Archer. So I don't know when I'll go back to him. You know, it would have been nice to have something like this. And I, I don't know, I don't know what the feasibility of, of like getting that in in the game is. But with the with Luthius's coding ability, I'm sure it's possible. Yeah, I think they could swing it. Like the the framework is there, the idea is there. It's been done on OSI before. It would just be more of a make sure it works perfectly. And how do we get the soul stones type of thing? But to like further expand on that, say for example, Walmart. This guy is a maxed out crafter. They add this new awesome artisan aspect and he's a min-maxer kind of guy. He wants to level that up so he can get his exceptional crafting boost. There's no way he's ever going to do that without throwing all of his 120 crafts in the trash can. But with soul stones, he could dump, you know, tailoring, carpentry, tinkering, alchemy, whatever, onto this, these soul stones and pick up some fighting skills for a day or a week or however long he wants to, maintain his blacksmith and mining or something because artisan's benefiting from those skills anyway, and he can go out and grind his artisan. But without soul stones, there's no way. That's just completely unrealistic. And similarly, for me, that's my biggest issue. Like, I can switch back and forth between archer, mace, mage, bard, in two days flat. I'm very experienced with macros. I understand how the game works. I've got a lot of tools. I've got a lot of money that I can sink into it. It's not a huge deal. But say I wanted to try the new Tinker Detect Hidden Placeable Traps out, maybe with Fortune Aspect. There is no way I'm going to throw 300, 500, 700,000 gold down the drain to test to see if I like 120 Tinkering only to dump it whenever I'm bored and want to try something new. However, I would do that tomorrow if Soulstones were in because it wouldn't be wasted and I could just continue to grind and test all of these different things. Like I would try maybe uh, 120 Carpentry Artisan Archer because Artisan is boosting the damage bonus you get from your craft skills. Like Carpentry would make me do more damage with the bow, that sort of thing. But those skills are so expensive, you can't really justify throwing the... the gold in the trash and soul stones would alleviate that issue. Yeah. And, and it's, uh, the, cha- the, the, uh, aspect system too ties, ties in that pretty well because it's a, it's a huge grind. You've gotten yours to 12 and if you do something else, you know, either command or anything else, it, you know, it's another huge grind and it's having that spread across a bunch of characters. You have it on one character you kind of benefit from not having to do the grind over and over again, you know, yeah, there's like there's a lot of benefits to it. Like barding, peacemaking is obviously the, the way to go right now. Provocation could use some work. There I mean it's inevitable, I think, for something to happen to provocation, and I know all the bards are gonna want to test it out. They're not gonna want to make new characters and they're not gonna want to start over on their aspect to make a new character with provocation. So that's not a huge one because peacemaking is not that difficult to level, but it still puts you out of playing. Say someone is a really dedicated streamer, they wouldn't be able to stream for two or three days because they have to sit there and waste time macroing to get their peacemaking back. They could instead dump their piece onto a soulstone and pick up provocation and they're off. Maybe there's a mage tamer who wants to try a dexer tamer for a while just to see if they like the playstyle more. That's another example. There's, it's just I don't want to make this all about a soulstone pitch, but I do think it has a lot of merit. Yeah, well, I, I wanted to talk through it because uh, I, I didn't really understand it fully. But it didn't sound like there's a lot of downsides. It comes with a lot of positives. And and really, with the ability to have 15, 18 characters anyways, they're kind of already giving us all the tools to, to bounce around all the builds anyways. But we're just asking to have it down to one or two characters, which I don't yeah. think would, would hurt the game. That was the, the number one excuse people were giving me was just make a new character. And I'm, I don't want to do that. I want to be me. I want to be West Furtive. 
And then the next excuse was, oh, if you did that, everyone would have every crafting and no one would ever interact with with each other. And I'm thinking, oh, so having 15 characters is not keeping me from running every craft? I don't have any crafts. I buy everything from everyone else because I don't want to be a crafter. So doing this would not make me a crafter at all. I just want to use the skills for their benefit in either PvP or PvM. Yeah, agreed. So uh, I'm I'm with you. I think the server's headed in the right direction. I think uh, the events are also amazing and fun. And you know, just recently getting getting the brand new cavern dungeon. We're getting new levels to existing dungeons. We're getting more wilderness dungeons. Um, you know, the boss system, the, the new chain system. Just this week, we got Corpse Creek contest, which sounds really cool. I'm not a PvPer. I'm, I'm kind of I made my PvP tune. I'm working him up to, to actually go learn and 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 try it out um, and see how that goes. Get some training, uh, learn the uh, the macros you have to use and all that. But I mean, they're catering to every playstyle here. They, they had a, a huge focus with the trying to get the faction system going. I know they have more plans for that. Uh, the Corpse Creek thing is kind of proof that that they do care about PvPers here. Um, I saw the screenshots for it. They had something like 40 plus people in that one area killing each other. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really cool. And like you said, they are aware of all the different players here. And Corpse Creek is a great example of something that appeals to everyone because it's not just a PvP thing. Whenever you win that, your guild gets a random buff for four hours, I think it was. Don't quote me on that, but that applies to your PvM guys. So you guys now maybe have plus... 20% gold loot in Darkmire Temple or something. So there you go. PvPers do something fun and win a fight. And everyone in your guild who wants to go PvE in Darkmire is getting some benefit from it too for a few hours. Yeah, so this is when my, my guild Beard Brothers is uh, faulting for only having PvEers. We have, to, we have to offload our raids to a different guild or, or even out of the guild. So Yeah, I'm thinking about making a PvM guild of my own really relaxed just more more or less just a group of people in a discord to play together and then eventually run bosses whenever they're up or whenever the guild accumulates enough points with the new system to summon one but i i'm having trouble coming up with a name if i come up with a name i think i'd just fire it off and do it because i've got a lot of stealthers who would be willing to join and i think running you know a party of five or six stealth archers would be a lot of fun to do a boss with yeah i've done it with two uh we have we have three or four others that are running one, and uh, we definitely want to do a group with just four or five of us running out there and stack all that damage, and I think it'd be a lot of fun. I think so, too. I'd like to get a few, you know, tamers, summoners, bards in there, because if you can get a bard proc off on a boss, and then everyone just goes ham on it for a minute, it's huge boost. But I think if I were to make it, like, it wouldn't be exclusive based on my decision, I think just more people would want to join with their stealth archers than anything else. All right, man. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Any other builds you're, you're working on having fun with lately you want to touch on? or? I did just switch over to Summoner Mage, which is fun. I don't like going the traditional route. It'll be a long time before I touch taming. If I do, it'll probably be some stealth variant using Shade Wolves or the, the stealth Drake and Dragon combo. Uh, yeah, and I just found out about that today. The uh, the stealth, the stealth uh, pets here in Outlands, and that that could be cool. Yeah, I've seen some really impressive stuff. If you get a, there's a guy, Crazy Ivan. I think he's in Rack. He runs five Shade Wolves and full command, and he's a mage. So he'll get that command proc, and then just sick his little pets on it with a herding, something in maybe Mount Petrum, and one shot them, and just clean house. And it looks like a blast. Like I would love to try that. One, just the stealth is cool. Two, like that's a kind of a off meta thing. Typically, people are running Blood Dragon and the the Blood Slime, whatever that one's called, or uh, the Phoenix and the Tank, that sort of thing. So if I was going to go Tamer, I'd want to try that. But at the moment, I haven't seen a lot of summoners, so I wanted to give that a shot. It's also something I've tried previously, and they just increased mana regen by 10% if your intelligence is 100. And I wanted to run that paired with 120 taste ID, which boosts the regen you get from your food. 
to try to go for a spammy build and maybe fish for more procs than go all in on DPS. Now that said, if Soulstones were in, I would absolutely give the 120 Scribe version a shot. But for now, that one's a lot of fun. And next up, I think I want to try some funky Water Dexter Summoner to play off that. Because my ultimate thing that keeps me going at the moment is the grind and the experimentation. So once I get to about, you know, tier 10 probably Eldritch, I don't think I would go to T12 on anything besides Shadow. I'll be switching again, but I'm always looking to change it up. And one last thing that's got my attention is the Trapper, the Tinker Detected and Placeable Traps build. I saw a guy just clean up an entire shrine with those, and I'd like to see if it's feasible to make that into an actual farming setup somehow. So I've been theory crafting, but that'll come a lot later, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, Luthi's put a lot of work into that system. Uh, it's it's all over the 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 chest loot, the treasure hunting loot, and I, I haven't seen many people actually utilize it though. So it'd be awesome to see that in action, even even from a uh, do it on your stream as like a, a you know a, a knowledge type of thing where you could just go to experiment with it, and learn about it, see how it's working on Outlands, maybe uh, find something that actually like, is workable. Yeah, that's the main thing too. Like a lot of people tell me, you can just hop on the test center and test this stuff. I don't want to just hop on and test it. I want to play it. I want to play it for days, for weeks, and I want to interact with the community while doing it. I want to level it up. I want to see how it progresses. I want to see how it scales, how much stronger it gets at each level. I want to see what numbers I can push. What's the best dungeon to farm? I don't want to just run a 20-minute DPS test and call it quits. So I'd really like to be able to, you know, test all of these things on the live server for some time while streaming. Yeah, I mean, you got to factor into how much fun is it? Uh, how safe is it? it could, you know, the tamers and summoners are a lot of fun, but you're, you're a big target too. You see all those pets, easy to find, easy to root out, easy to spot. You know, this little stealth archer ability running, you're, you're kind of ducking and weaving in and out of things, hiding, easy to, easy to get away, um, kind of high, high risk, uh, or low risk, high high uh, high DPS output. All, all of a sudden, then you're kind of back hidden. You know. Yeah, it's solid. You can still incorporate tracking on a tamer mage, for example. I know a buddy of mine. Instead of running a vow, he runs tracking, so he's losing some spell damage, but he gains that sense of security. Yeah, I'd have a hard time doing any any future PVM build without without tracking. I'm not going back. I was getting chased on stream. I ran four or five dungeons and the same PK crew, I guess they were trying to snipe me. They kept coming through following me and tracking, let me know every time. So it was just inconvenient, but definitely probably the safest skill you can go with for dungeon farming. Yeah, I was going to ask that. Are you dealing with a lot of griefers or any, any kind of stream sniping uh, on the regular or are people typically just letting you do your thing? No, I've got really good relations with a lot of people, and I don't know if it's because I've helped so many people in these PK guilds with stealth questions that they just leave me alone, but that was actually the first instance of stream sniping I've had since I started streaming two months ago. I, it seems like it's been down a lot. I, I never, It never really was a thing to worry about here in Outlands. It, maybe it's just uh, people aren't used here to, to, to stream sniping, with it being such an old old uh, MMO, but that doesn't seem likely either. So I don't know why stream snipes aren't that big of a thing on Outlands. I don't know, man. I think it's just a, it might be a respect thing. We've got a mature community who's been in the game for a long time. There's not a lot of little immature kids, I would say. I mean, we've still got... We're still fun. We're still kids at heart. But I think everyone's kind of grown up, and it's just such a jerk move to stream snipe. Well, the there are griefers, and that's right up their alley. So, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe it's just me and my relations with everyone. I try to be positive. I try to not do anything that would make me a target. So I'm kind of playing my cards right in that aspect, I guess. Oh, well, I mean, we interviewed Papa Carl. Uh, he was my guild leader for, for quite a long time, too. And he never really got stream sniped either while he was streaming. Um, and he is not as good a player as you. You know, he's definitely like... 
just more about enjoying the game, hanging out with friends, you know, exploring and, and, you know, he would get loot on his character every now and then and no one would use the stream to go, to go whack him and then take his gold either. You know, I, I don't, I don't know why Outland, maybe you're onto something with it being a, a more mature player base. That's also one of the reasons why people think when the, when WoW came in with its uh, open world PVP, that that's kind of where PVP changed and it went from kind of a, a mature type of uh, a grudge type system to where it was just fun to walk through the open world and kill anything you saw and the griefing type of play styles. And... Yeah, I, that and uh, other MMOs like Darkfall, EverQuest. What's the other one? RuneScape, that sort of thing, where you just the goal of a lot of these games is just to kill anything you see. That doesn't seem to be the case here. We've got a lot of really, really good community members, and the PKs are known. I don't, I don't hate any of them, and it's it's actually fun. The risk, I think, of them coming through. Yeah, that's that's one of the things I love about about an open world PvP sandbox. It's just a risk. It adds all the rest of the game. Uh, not to mention just actually going out PvPing with friends. But there has to be a uh, has to be a proper re- repercussion from it. That's one of the big issues with Darkfall. There really wasn't. You kind of just kill the first thing you see in the open world. It, the decision between killing that person and letting him run by was never really there. It was always just, oh, I see someone, go kill him. Luthius knowing I've done some things here to make the red lifestyle harder. But still, even though even once you go red, you're... You're still killing everything on sight. I don't know. I, I think there needs to be more, more repercussion or or something to give the PvP more meaning, not just uh, I'm out killing you, you know, for shits and giggles. I guess. Yeah, I think I heard they're they're working on stuff to make it less about go PK random blues and dungeons and more let's fight over something. Yeah, that, that's I would eat that up. You know, I PvP'd plenty in Eve Online. Uh, I really haven't here, and that's that's just because I, I like to go out with a goal, something I'm fighting over, just uh, just out to go kill someone to kill someone usually isn't my thing. So to get more of that here, which, which has they've done some of that with the faction system, but uh, anything to add to that, give guilds something to fight over. I know they have that uh, the blood money system coming, where the guilds can put gold up and fight wars over certain like dollar amounts and stuff. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't I don't know if I was in a guild I would want to do that, but a friendly war type of thing like the the orcs have going on, they just that's been a thing in Ultima Online forever. Just, you know, good, friendly, we hate you, let's fight. That's more my style. All right, man. Uh thanks for coming on. I, I really appreciate your time and and sharing with the Yo community your build and kind of your your template knowledge here of Outlands. Yeah, man, I appreciate you having me. It's been fun. Uh, you got anything else you want to say or, or anything else you want to you know, promote? Or how do they get to your Twitch stream? Uh, I stream on twitch.tv slash Wes Furtive. It's just my name. Yeah, and if you ever get a YouTube video, you should definitely make uh, a couple Outland tutorials like your old Dark World ones. I, I would eat it up, man. Absolutely. I plan to. Just got to get around to it. All right, uh, go to our website, insideoutlands.com. You can join our Discord there, uh, you know, talk to our guests, uh, see when the next shows are up, and hop on live and listen to us if we ever do one of those again. We got another podcast coming with uh, Karasho, the, the lead developer for the Classic UO client. Uh, I've got some scheduling things with him. He's he's in, uh, in Europe and I think in Italy. So I may not have an episode up by next Friday if I can't get an interview before then. So it might have one up uh, like the following Monday.